0: you are now listening to the ancient health podcast and in the news mini episode series these small bite conversations bring a fresh perspective to the breaking topics within natural health and modern medicine from science and technological advancements to food biohacking and modernized natural remedies this is your trusted place for a fresh perspective of the things that matter most in your life thanks for joining us hey friends dr motley here with the ancient health podcast and we're going to talk about melatonin and try to answer the question Should you be taking melatonin to aid in your sleep? Sleep is very important. Many of us have sleep that's interrupted. We don't sleep soundly. We may have sleep that we start off sleeping well. We wake up in the middle of the night, or we get up intermittently. If this is you, this podcast may be helpful for you. We're going to talk about in this podcast the basics of melatonin, the basics of how it helps you sleep. Also, If you do have to take melatonin, how much is safe? What are moderate amounts that can help you with getting into that circadian flow? And does everybody have to take the same amount of melatonin? Should everybody take high amounts? Should everybody take low amounts? Then we're going to talk about what can affect melatonin levels. In other words, the pineal gland helps you produce melatonin. Is there anything that could be detrimental to the pineal gland, the health of the gland, and to your brain? so let's start off with basics when we need better sleep we often find ourselves thinking we need high amounts of 5-htp or melatonin melatonin is a hormone that helps you get to sleep it helps you relax melatonin is made in a gland called the pineal gland the pineal gland is a pine cone shaped gland in your brain and that gland is near another gland the pituitary and this is surrounded by what we call nuclei of the brain now the pineal gland is related to pituitary because the pituitary is often looked at as the master gland because it produces 14 different types of hormones it helps with the production of testosterone estrogen progesterone lactation hormones fsh even hormones that help regulate your digestion and your cravings and hunger. Now, the pineal gland in other realms of healthcare, is often looked at as the master gland itself because it helps determine when it's night and day. How can your organs or your hormones regulate themselves if they don't know or if your body doesn't know what time of day it is? So the gland, the pineal gland, is now starting to get known as the master gland because Your organs and glands don't function properly at all if your body doesn't know what time of day it is. They all work to me. Everything in unison. They're all equally important. Now, the pineal gland produces melatonin when you eat food in the form of tryptophan. Tryptophan is an amino acid that you and I ingest through almonds, fish, salmon, tuna, beef, turkey, many other sources. And this tryptophan is then broken down Into serotonin. And serotonin is a subsidiary of tryptophan as well as 5 HTP. Tryptophan, serotonin, you'll have 5 HTP in there as well, and then you'll break it down to melatonin. Now, this product line is basically determined by your genetics or influenced by your genetics. Tryptophan breaks down into serotonin through an enzyme which is created from a gene called the TPH, tryptophan hydroxylase, And then the serotonin is broken down into melatonin by another gene, gene creating an enzyme known as the DDC, a vitamin D-dependent enzyme. Now, if your parents gave you genetic coding of dominant TPH genes and or dominant DDC genes, You will have an easier time breaking down tryptophan into serotonin than to melatonin. If your parents gave you the dominant, you'll usually operate 80%, 100% of the time. So you could eat a nominal amount of tryptophan in your foods and you will take the most amount of tryptophan and make the melatonin. What if your parents gave you, I don't call them defective genes, what if they gave you variant genes, genes that are not 100%? If one parent gave you a recessive gene and the other one gave you a dominant, that means it works only 50% of the time. Those genes only work 50% of the time. If both parents gave you recessive genes, they were only working 30% of the time. So, you have these genes not working at 100%. This would mean that you'd have to eat higher amounts of tryptophan because only 30% of the tryptophan could be converted into serotonin, then to melatonin. So there's an inefficiency there. This is one of the determining factors of why an individual would need high amounts of melatonin as compared to low amounts. If you're very efficient at making melatonin from tryptophan, you may not need high amounts of melatonin. If you're very inefficient, you would need high amounts of melatonin. So I want you to see the ratios. Now, what are the determining factors or what are the factors that influence genetic expression? of the tph or the ddc it has to do with things such as toxins infections head infections like sinus infections chemical toxins in our environment our emotional states so when we start to see that melatonin levels are affected by the genes We now can understand that you do not have to rely heavily on the melatonin as a sleep aid, but that we can now understand if we need to take higher or lower amounts. There is basically an explanation why some individuals can use melatonin very well and others out there can't. So some of my patients go, man, I can take 10 milligrams and I sleep well. Others say I can take up to 20 to 25 and it doesn't help me a bit. There is this differentiation according to a person's genetic expression. If your sleep is off, there are a few basic things that I want to talk about that would help you with not only processing melatonin, but that would help you take the melatonin you intake through a supplement form or through a liquid form to be more efficient. One of the main arguments when we're taking it through the liquid form or the pill form is, Doc, is there any chance that this hormone could be stopped, could stop being produced in my body naturally if I take an outside source? Now, that may be the case with testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, but studies have been showing that melatonin does not have that problem. You can take high amounts of melatonin and your body will still keep on producing melatonin if there are certain areas of the body are in a healthy state. Melatonin is produced naturally by the pineal gland, also by the gut, and by the mitochondria, the power factors in our cells. The biggest thing we want to realize is the pineal gland does not have a very sensitive shutoff mechanism as the rest of the brain. The pineal gland is developed outside the blood-brain barrier as you're an embryo. The blood-brain barrier is a set of network or net-type covering within the arteries that makes it very hard for things to get into the brain, such as toxins, pesticides, infections. Only small, very small particles can make their way through the blood brain barrier, through the arteries, into the actual deep areas of the brain. But the pineal glands outside of that, this makes it allowable for the pineal gland to absorb higher amounts of tryptophan and produce higher amounts of melatonin, even 20 to 40 fold as compared to other hormones produced within the brain, within the, inside, within the inner working of the blood-brain barrier. So you have this internal blood-brain barrier that acts as a very sensitive mechanism. And so when you have melatonin being produced at a normal rate, you don't have to worry about it being produced or intaking at a higher level because there is not a mechanism an auto shutoff mechanism back to the pineal gland that's what the research is sh- saying and i had to get a little more extensive into this research because when i started to read about this in the last few years i was amazed because that was the first question i got in my head if a person had high amounts of infections had sleep problems i was starting to see that melatonin is a natural antioxidant in fact it's one of the most powerful or the most powerful in the body so as I increased it, I started noticing my patients were getting very profound effects, positive effects. But I was starting to wonder if it would have, have a shutoff mechanism until I learned about the avenue of how the pineal gland does not sit in the rest with the rest of the brain in this manner, with the blood-brain barrier. So it eased my mind. I think there's more research to be done about it, but I'd love for you guys to research it on your own as well. But from what I've seen, this would allow an individual who has a very inefficient way of producing melatonin genetically to withstand high amounts. In fact, I did a podcast with Dr. John LaRance and he wrote a book called Melatonin, Miracle Molecule. And he uses high amounts, even with prophylactics, where he would use this with patients up to 200 milligrams, but no adverse side effects. And if there were Times where the patient was very drowsy and very sleepy, it means that their body was not able to use that high amount, so they just backed off of it to where they could actually have a healthy amount to that brought vitality and strength to the patient. When the person was getting cleansed of infections with the use of melatonin and other herbs such as Lyme disease, parasites, bacteria issues like strep or staph. It was taking such a toxic load off the body and the antioxidants of the melatonin was working so well that the patient was able to eat up or utilize higher amounts of melatonin. And as the melatonin was being used at a high rate, it could naturally be reduced later because it, the body was getting more efficient as basically using that outside source and creating its own melatonin, which is all very, very interesting to me. And so, with this conversation I with Dr. Laurence, he was talking about how you need to stabilize the body and you need to help the body build better melatonin by helping with cleansing the liver and cleansing the body of infection. So when you have the pineal and pituitary gland within the body, creating all these hormones, one of the things within the pineal and pituitary is they rely heavily on the liver called methylation. It's a process of not only detoxifying the body, but also building up DNA and RNA and building up hormones. The healthier the liver, the healthier the ability of the body to have the components to make melatonin. So he was discussing about how if you are having problems with your sleep, if you looked into finding out if there was hidden infections, especially if you look in your history, have you had chronic sinus infections? chronic allergy symptoms, chronic mono, Epstein-Barr virus, or cytomegalovirus. Have you had Lyme disease or do you still have it? Have you had a chronic strep or staph, chronic pneumonia? If you had a time in your life, even when you're younger, and you had these types of infections and you felt like you got out of them, but you never felt completely right, if you felt tired or fatigued after the fact that you had them, even if it's years ago, it's very important for you to get analyzed and checked if you still have these infections in your body. The reason being is that you can be a silent carrier or you could have the infections within the joints or within the brain tissue or the body tissue, all the while producing toxins, creating a toxic effect in the body. And if they lurk and they sit around in your body without naturally cleansing them fully, then this not only reduces energy in the body, in the mitochondria, it causes high inflammatory state, but the infections can spread, and the most important areas that could be really, really affected are going to be in the heart and the sinus glands, the ears, the nose, the eyes, and the teeth around the jawline and the gumline like cavitations, cavities in the jawbone. So I often recommend this with patients. If I've found that they've had an old infection that was never fully cleansed out, I send them to Microgendx, M-I-C-R-O-G-N-D-X. And this lab in Texas will actually go in and find different forms of proteins, such as different forms of strep, like mitis or Mutans or pneumococcal strep uh, thermophilus. These are some of these are said to be in healthy balances, can help the body in different ways. But if they get out of balance from a natural diet, they can cause detrimental effects on the body. So you can look for these in a lab test. And if you find that there's high levels in the body, it could be up in the sinuses and in the head and in the heart. And what does that mean? The toxins they produce can make their way not only inside the blood brain barrier, but also affect the pineal gland. And if these infections are around the nose and around the head, it could affect the function of the pineal gland. In fact, people that have pineal function problems usually have calcification of the pineal gland. And they are often associated with individuals with higher amounts of infection and toxic metals. So not only do I have patients go get checked for the infections, but I also implore you that if your pineal and melatonin studies or effects are off, then also get checked for heavy metals, such as aluminum, mercury, cobalt, nickel, cadmium. This can get stiffness into the pineal and also the pituitary. So a person can't use melatonin. They don't have very good sleep. Look back in your past and find if there's infection, especially in the head get those checked. As you start to see that you could have an infection that's laying dormant, we not only analyze the genes, we want to start to eliminate the infections. And I like to use some of my most profound herbals that I love to use are Malia Supreme, which is neem from Supreme Nutrition Products. It's a very heavy hitter. Also Golden Thread Supreme. Or Golden Thread Supreme. Those are my two major ones I use for overall infections. You don't take both of them at the same time, but I usually start slow. I'll take Malia Supreme and do one every other day. And if that works well for the patient, they start to feel a little bit better. Their head starts to clear up. I go one every day the next week. By the third week, if they're feeling pretty decent, I'll do two a day. And I'll do that until they notice that most of their symptoms start to fade away. And then they need to reevaluate. Then they need to go get checked again for those infections and see which ones are lurking around. You don't need the same herb for your whole life. Some are constitutional herbs that you may need, but those two I've seen work so well. Also, whenever you start to increase the infections, I use uh, supplements or herbs such as Shisandra Supreme, which is a good glutathione liver producer. It helps produce glutathione within the liver. It helps the liver detoxify. And gently push the infection toxins out this is where I start and if I notice that as I start to clean out the infections and there's any yeast or candida I will switch or think about taking scutellaria which is Chinese skullcap and do the same routine and I will find that the yeast and candida start to reduce and when I get a recheck of the infections after two to three months I have my patients check their labs you'll start to see that this takes a toxic load off the body. Their sleep starts to improve within a week or two weeks, usually after they start the herbals. So I take this into account. Old infections start to use the herbs to clean out the body. Also, with genetics, when the tryptophan is starting to break down to serotonin and to melatonin, as we clean the infections, I suggest that we look into herbals, I mean into supplements such as magnesium, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin K, vitamin C, also selenium and zinc, just basic structures to help with the body's ability to help utilize tryptophan to break down into serotonin and melatonin. So if you add this with the herbals, not trying to overwhelm yourself, you're going to start to do what? You're going to eliminate all the things that would keep your melatonin from being most efficient. Then remove all the Wi-Fi at night. When you're sleeping at night, Get rid of the EMFs that's in your house at night that could cause what? Could cause you to have any problems with electromagnetic sensitivity. So at night, you want your pineal gland to operate at 100% to slow down, not produce as much melatonin, not produce or stop producing melatonin at night. Apologize for that. So at night, you want your melatonin to be at higher levels so you stay relaxed and stay asleep. If you damage the pineal gland with too much electromagnetics, it can alter its function. So when you wake up in the morning, you remember you're supposed to start to build up melatonin within the pineal gland throughout the day to be released at night. But if you have constant radiation into the pineal gland from electromagnetics at night, it could disrupt it. Plus, if you have phone usage up to the ear, it's shown that pituitary pineal and inner nuclei of the brain can be heated up by using too much cell phone use on the ear. So please be aware of eliminating or removing the excess radiation out of the body from EMF. And in the mornings, you need to get up in the morning and get out into the open air and receive the sunlight. Get the good amounts of sunlight between 7 and 9 a.m. and get as much as you can. You want to activate your circadian rhythms. Now, whenever you have sunlight, it indicates or triggers your pineal gland to get onto auto-regulation. When it's morning, you want to start to build all the melatonin. When you start to sleep, it's time to release it. So, as this occurs and you're building up healthy amounts of melatonin, you need that sunlight in the morning. Then, as the night comes, as you start to go into the rest phase, you want to eliminate all the blue light from the iPads and from the tablets and from the phone. And when you do this, as you start to eliminate it, you're giving your eyes rest. You're not trying to trick or trying to injure your mitochondria production because you want natural light to trigger not only the pineal gland just from the skin absorbing the light, but also your mitochondria within your cells. They produce melatonin and they need sunlight to activate them to give you energy. The better your mitochondria are, the more energy production you have. Thus, mitochondria, pineal gland, And as the pineal gland works, it will indicate to your colon when to eliminate in the morning. So you want to be able to flush all the toxins from the colon and that helps your gut with the production of melatonin. So you have these things coming into effect as the night comes. You want to shut off anything that would trick the mitochondria, trick your body into doing what? Keeping the melatonin from being produced because when the light comes in, You're slowing down the release of melatonin you're building it up you're building it up through the day to be released but if you stay looking at something at night or have high bright lights at night you're not releasing your melatonin it's just staying stored up in the body so you want to be able to have your body on auto circadian rhythms that's the importance of shutting off the blue lights shutting off the tv at night getting into a room that's very dark not using your phone on your head and not allowing the Wi-Fi to come in and disrupt the pineal gland. This, and we're talking about elimination of the bowels in the morning, but also reducing refined foods. Sugars, refined sugars, refined carbs, refined starches, fats that are bad fats, trans fats, and anything that would be inflammatory to the gut would allow inflammatory issues like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's or gluten sensitivity, or even ileocecal valve issues. All forms of gut, leaky gut issues that have been formed from inflammatory foods allow bacteria, viruses, mold, yeast, parasites to build up. And furthermore, they'll grow. And then they get toxins within your blood, in your bloodstream, and it affects your sleep. Why? Because it affects the amount of melatonin that could be produced within the gut lining. So the more inflammatory foods you eat, the less melatonin You produce. Why? Melatonin, serotonin, and dopamine are all brain chemicals that help your body feel happy, feel pleasure, and feel relaxed. And if you have high amounts of infection, high amounts of inflammation in the gut, you're not allowing the balance of those types of biochemicals to be in the gut at proper levels. So we have to knock out the foods that are inflammatory. So I say, look at food additives, make a food diary, guys. I'm not saying eliminate everything in your diet. I'm saying if you ever feel bloated, if you ever feel indigestion, gastric issues like heartburn, if you ever had ulcers, if you have chronic bouts with constipation or diarrhea, chronic stuffiness or throat congestion after you eat, clogged ears or itchy ears after you eat, rashes under the armpits or around the knees or itchy skin after you have a big meal, then there is some form of digestive issues or gut health problems, and this could lead to your melatonin issues. So we want to make sure that we eliminate all of things that could cause inflammation. Now, here are some things you need to look into. If you notice that after you eat, even up to 48 hours, because that's a big window, but it can still cause allergic reactions in the body if you had foods that you're sensitive to, such as cow dairy, creamer, it's half and half, sugary ice cream, forms of cheese or yogurt, nightshades that have solanine, white potatoes, green peppers, tomatoes, Uh, jalapenos if corn or any form of corn corn flour corn starch corn syrup wheat white flour gluten containing foods any types of uh, soy containing foods even eggs at certain forms like albumin protein i'm not saying these are bad but if you notice that after you eat these foods and you feel bloated or feel congested make a food diary if you feel that indigestion in your body Go up to a day or to two days ago and write it down in a food diary and then keep comparing. Then hone down and find out which foods keep showing up on the list that cause you to have the food sensitivity or have these sensitivity symptoms. Start to eliminate them. You'll give your body a great chance to produce serotonin, dopamine, and melatonin at a healthy rate. So as you do this, you're going to give your body a chance to clean the gut, To clean the system, the lymph nodes. And as you clean, your melatonin can be auto regulated at the most efficient way that that person's genetics would allow. Take all the stress off the body, off the genetics, see how your body produces melatonin. So, does that mean that you could take lower amounts of melatonin to get great sleep? Could be. If you still need high amounts, it may mean that you still have some infections in the body or that your genes are very injured. However, you can still operate very healthy if you start to use these steps to clean out the system and take pressure off the pineal gland. So don't lose hope. I always suggest to my patients, if you had to do a high amount, like Dr. Laurence has 200 milligram prophylaxis. I've seen individuals do 20 to 25 milligrams. I've seen people do 100 milligrams and it done so well for them. It healed their body because of the antioxidant effect. But you may not need that much if you cleanse out the system of these other things. So that's why should you take it for sleep, Yes, you can take it for sleep. But everybody's fluctuating because of these other factors. Cleaning up the diet, cleaning up the infections, drinking plenty of water, eliminating too many EMF influences, and also sleeping in dark rooms, getting plenty of sunlight in the morning are all ways to help with the pineal regulation. There are so many good um, uh, in, so much information out there that I really like. There's one called Carry B, the letter B, Carry B Wellness. And she has really good information on mitochondria and melatonin production as well. So guys, I hope this helps you have a basic understanding about what needs to be eliminated. What are the herbs and supplements? What are the things that you can do in simple, easy steps? And you need to start slow. If you have melatonin and you have sleep issues, start off with three to five milligrams at night. This is just an idea. You need to ask your primary care doctor, but this is what I suggest to my patients. Start with three to five milligrams and then see if it gets your sleep... You know, enhanced. If that doesn't, go up to 10 milligrams and then you start to see a really good benefit. As you start to take these other steps that incorporate, they'll feel the effects of it. You don't want to get too drowsy. You want to feel like you have good sleep at night. So I always say start about an hour to two hours before you go to bed. You don't want to start with melatonin too early because you'll naturally degrade the melatonin in a nice even state. Remember, melatonin is going to make you relax, so just start maybe after the evening meal. And this will help you get a good rest at night. Don't take it too early because you don't want to get too tired. But I've seen it do wonders. You may need high amounts for right now. But if you start to heal your body, you may be able to reduce it as time goes on. So melatonin is a miracle molecule. It helps with all the energy production. It also is an antioxidant that helps keep your nerves healthy, even in the the presence of parasites, Lyme, or even neurodegenerative infections such as strep. So look into this research. It has great benefits with fighting off chronic infections and helping your body cleanse in a proper way. So we don't want to just use it for sleep. There's so many more benefits. I hope this podcast has been helpful, guys. I want you to know that you can use melatonin, but you can use it in variant amounts because of all the things we just mentioned. Try it out. Let me know what you think. Look at all the products within the show notes. And if you have any questions, please DM us. Again, this is Ancient Health Podcast. You can see us on YouTube. You can hear us on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, guys, I'm Dr. Molly. We'll talk soon. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.